Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this week number eight of the National Football League season, week number nine in college football, as we head toward the month of November. And I can't believe it, Victor, how fast time is flying when we're having fun this 2021 football season. Absolutely, Mark. We're wrapping up the month of October. We Finally had a decent week in the uh, totals newsletter, the tip sheet, with a really nice 5-0 and last week. I uh, want to thank the people that send us emails for that. We even added a fifth bonus play last week with the tip sheet, and that was a winner with the Packers and Washington under the total. So uh, we've been waiting for that kind of week uh, all season long. We finally got it last week. I, under know, I know it's just uh, one week's results. And, of course, it's only just one small step back to profitability. And we got a long way to go, uh, more than half the season still in the NFL. But at least it was a step in the right direction. We feel good about that when, of course, both our doggies win on the same week. What's even more encouraging for me is we're starting to hit the the larger totals, the big totals. Our four-star over of the week in college football was a winner last week in the Georgia Tech-Virginia game a game that saw easily 80 or more points scored. And then we uh, topped that off with the Sunday game in the NFL. The over of the week was in the Raiders-Eagles game, which uh, went over the total thanks to a fairly late touchdown by Philadelphia. But again, hitting the best bets are nice. I'm sure you feel the same way, Mark. I know you hit your uh, college game of the week on Toledo outright against Western Michigan. And then, of course, your NFL revenge game of the month was as easy as it gets on the Tennessee Titans winning outright over Kansas City. Yeah, it was all in all a good weekend, Victor, and kudos to you and the totals tip sheet on a sweep. We all like sweeps, especially uh, when it comes to be this time of the football season. And uh, it was a nice weekend for us as well, hitting those top two plays and really, really looking forward to moving forward toward the second half of this football season because now, as I mentioned last week, this is the culmination of when all the stats begin to combine with all of our handicapping prowess and what we have in our database. And we get a much, much better feel for the teams of who they are and what we can expect from them. So it makes handicapping a fun time of the year this year. And I can attest to that when we put our football newsletter together this week. It was uh, another, I keep reminding myself, labor of love as I was speaking to myself at 3 a.m. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, doing just that, but loving it all nonetheless. And we did put the Playbook Football Newsletter out this week on Wednesday. And anybody interested in picking up a copy, you can log on at playbooksports.com. While you're there, the Midweek Alert Football Statistical Newsletter will be there. And as always, Victor King's Totals Tip Sheet. So do yourself a favor, get yourself in tune to get yourself primed for a winning weekend by capturing those three publications online at playbooksports.com. And with that, Victor, we're talking about the college football scene first, a little bit of review of what's going on and what's happened in the world of college football. And uh, we talked before the show a little bit here, and I wanted to mention that uh, there are a total of 31 teams 
uh, th thus far this year that have, have done something a little extraordinary. But I'm, before I get to that, I'm going to let you set the table for that uh, as far as uh, your numbers, your, uh, your totals and uh, overs and unders in college football and the National Football League. So what do you have to date as far as college football is concerned this year? It was a split down the middle week for the dogs and favorites. Dogs went 26-26 and won ATS last week. On the season, they now stand overall in college football at 215-199 and 7 ATS. It's right around 52% overall. There is a dynamite situation that's gone 18-2 and ATS on the season. It actually applies to six different games this particular week. I'll even give you the particulars of that query, and you may have a comment on that, uh, Mark. But uh, road underdogs of greater than a touchdown in college football, okay, greater than seven points when they're playing off a conference game and they're taking on any opponent off a loss. That's as simple as the query is. Road dogs greater than seven off conference game versus opponent off loss, 18-2 and two ATS this season. There are six of them going this week. Some of these are long dogs. Some of these may even require you to hold your nose when making your selection. But it is an 18-2 and two situation that applies to six different teams. And those teams be South Florida against East Carolina, Troy against Coastal Carolina, UNLV against Nevada, Arizona against USC, Arkansas State against South Alabama, and finally Kansas plus the points against Oklahoma State. But again, all six of those teams qualify in that uh, dynamite 18-2 and ATS situation. Well, I could say this, Victor, without knowing what the situation is. Uh, one prerequisite would be to have a big clothespin ready. And when you get ready to go out and play those teams, the likes of South Florida, Troy, UNLV, Arizona, Ark State, and Kansas this week, they're big, ugly dogs, but you know something I've learned a lot about big, ugly dogs in the past? I call them buds. And more times often than not, these buds are for you because they end up ringing the register a lot more than they don't, especially in situations like Victor outlined when backed by an 18-2 and two winning situation that's happened thus far this football season. And talking about big dogs, uh, I was alluding to at the beginning of the show, there were 31 teams that have won straight up as double-digit underdogs this year. That's quite a number. It's much, much more than we've seen in years past, and it seems like with regularity each and every week, we're finding a handful of teams that are double-digit underdogs in the world of college football that pull the rug right out from their favorite opponent. We had four of them last week, four the week before, five the week before that, six the week before that. Uh, very interesting to see exactly how they fare this week. Uh, this week, uh, you're going to find out the likes of uh, playing this week, Penn State, Wyoming, and I believe it is Iowa who had the rugs pulled out from them as double-digit favorites the week before. These teams have bounced back and done quite well. They're 19-6 and six straight up, 13-9 and nine in the spread this year. So keep an eye out for those teams that were embarrassed as double-digit favorites and then dress up as dogs the following week on the back end of all that. Uh, we also find here in the world of college football, there are a total of five teams, only five teams from our midweek alert that we find out that have been perfect in the stats this year. They've outgained every opponent they've played thus far this football season. Just five of them are alive and well heading into this weekend. And it sets the table for next week when in the playbook newsletter, I'll outline a favorite smart box topic that we do called putting on the stats. 
And what putting on the stance basically is all about is using these teams when they are in underdog roles as they close down the stretch run of the football season. We also find a total of nine undefeated football teams left in the world of college football. Two of them from the ACC, that being Cincinnati and SMU. One of them, or I should say from the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, Cincinnati and SMU. One of them from the ACC, that's Wake Forest. One of them out of the Big 12, that's Oklahoma. A pair of them in the Big 10 that will be playing this week, Michigan and Michigan State. We have one member in the Conference USA in Texas, San Antonio. One of them out of the Mountain West Conference in San Diego. And one of them in the Southeast Conference, and that happens to be the Georgia Bulldogs. That will be our featured team when we break down our college football game of the week when we do the Florida-Georgia game coming up in just a moment. With that, Victor, let's switch over to the National Football League side of things and get your comment on what you see for your updated totals and over-under totals and how things have shaken out thus far this 2021 football season. Pro football dogs were basically split down the middle, just like college six and seven ATS last week. Uh, in the NFL now, 57-50 and 50 against the spread on the year. Similar overall ATS winning percentage for dogs um, as in college football. Obviously, it's the non-division road dogs that are really bringing home the bacon this year in the NFL. Uh, here you go, non-division road dogs, eight or less points, 24-10 and 10 ATS, that is 70%. This improves to 16-3 and three against the spread when these dogs are taking on a less than 500 opponent. And guess what? We've got three this week in the NFL. And again, these are three teams active in this current year-to-date situation that's gone 16-3. and three. Those three dogs being the Patriots plus the points against the Chargers, Jacksonville on the road against Seattle, and Washington on the road against Denver. Those three road dogs... That apply in that uh, wonderful 16-3 ATS subset this week in the NFL. It was also the lowest scoring week of the season, Mark, last uh, week. Two consecutive weeks of a total of 10 overs and 16 unders. What was significant was that the average score last week was only 42.7 in the NFL. Again, like I just said, the lowest scoring week of the season and the lowest scoring margin of the season as the average NFL game went uh, minus 3.6 points per game, very significant at this time of the year. Uh, We're starting to trend under in the NFL overall. Year-to-date now, 47 unders, excuse me, 47 overs, 59 unders, two ties, 56% over the total. And for reference, last year at this time in the NFL, we were at 59 overs, 49 unders. It was... We've basically flip-flopped from last year uh, with a 56% under percentage compared to last year's 55% over percentage at this time of the year. Again, not surprising, but the unders are starting to pay off in the NFL. Looks like it's turning that way to the unders in the National Football League and uh, talking about over-under totals. Once again, I'm going to encourage everybody to download the copy of the Playbook Totals Tip Sheet, an outstanding publication. Victor caught that hot hand last week, and he's going to continue to roll it moving forward from this point. Check it out at playbooksports.com. As far as the National Football League is concerned, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a quick review, if I may, of the teams that would be in the playoff picture. These are the teams that, if the playoffs were to start this week, these teams would be in the NFL playoffs. And we've got some surprises. I've got to tell you that. 
the number one seed out of the AFC would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Unbelievable. The Cincinnati Bengals would be the top seed of the AFC if the playoffs were to kick off this weekend. On the NFC side of things, the undefeated Arizona Cardinals would hold down that pole position over in the NFC side of things. Number two seeds would be the Las Vegas Raiders and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Number three seeds, the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. Number four is the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys. Coming in at number five would be the Baltimore Ravens and the L.A. Rams. Followed by number six, the L.A. Chargers and the New Orleans Saints. And rounding up the seventh and final seeds for the National Football League playoffs would be the Cleveland Browns and the Minnesota Vikings. Just missing out on the playoff positioning heading into this week. Number eight seeds would be Pittsburgh and Atlanta. That'll be interesting. Cleveland and Pittsburgh tackling this week. Obviously, the winner of that would, would move themselves in a position to re- maintain or move up for Pittsburgh in the playoff rankings. Number nine, the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears. And rounding out the top ten would be the Indianapolis Colts and the Carolina Panthers. Nowhere to be found are the Kansas City Chiefs, who opened up the football season as the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year, and they've plummeted now to the fifth choice at the Superbook in Las Vegas because of their woes they've had thus far this football season. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear apart our college football game of the week, and we've got a beauty on tap, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. We'll still continue to keep calling it that because that's just what it is. The game between Florida and Georgia will tear it apart when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru, and enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football card. And it's time once again for our featured college football game of the week. We'll hop inside the Southeast Conference when the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs take on the Florida Gators in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Victor, how do you see the drinks shaking out between the Gators and the Bulldogs? Georgia, let's see here, right around a 14-point favorite in the game. That's been a pretty much a rock-solid number all week long. The over-underline opened at 50. It drifted up to 51. I'm even seeing a couple of 51-and-a-halves out there, which is okay by me, meaning we can probably hold off a little while to see if the line goes any further up before we decide to go under the total in this particular game. In terms of the weather forecast, it's going to be nice down here, of course, in Florida for the cocktail party. Although, we'll say this, this could be one of the more wind-impacted games of the entire Saturday college football schedule in excess of 15 mile per hour in regards to the winds. As far as each team's results this year, both come in with a 3-4 and four overall record. That's three overs and four unders. For the Gators, average line, 58.7, average score, 55.5, average margin, minus 3.2 points per game for Florida. And for the Bulldogs of Georgia, average line, 47.8, average score, 45, and average margin, minus 2.8 points per game. 
Florida started the season going, what, two and one in their first three games. They have gone one and three over under in their last four. Uh, Georgia, kind of a similar pattern. They started three and one over under in their first four games, but each of their last three games have gone under the total for the Bulldogs with a combined average of only 41.3 points per game. Again, this is the way we are leaning another low-scoring Georgia total. Based on the spread and the over-under line, the implied score is uh, Georgia right around 33, Florida right around 19. And we've got no more than about 44, maybe 45 total points to be scored in the game according to our um, database models. Uh, 27 to 17, the final score somewhere in that neighborhood would still put this game under by about five to seven points. Now, I know both teams combined for a shootout last year, 72 points in last year's meeting. In fact, it uh, went under over the total by plus 17.5 points per game, but we know what we're getting these days. Florida does not have a Kyle Trask. They do not have a Kyle Pitts. They do not have a Tony at wide receiver. It's a completely different offense from Florida, and not to mention uh, despite last year's game going over, the last 10 games of this series have gone actually 3-6-1 and one over under. That's three overs, six unders, average margin of minus 2.5 points per game. Uh, in regards to the quarterback for Georgia, we still have issues. We don't even know who's going as of yet. I know Stetson Bennett has been terrific this season, but that's partly because he hasn't had to throw a pass in any kind of a stressful situation or anything like that. Uh, kind of like last year. He was amazing last year early on, and then the Alabama game happened, and there was a multi-interception game in there somewhere, of course. That is, you know, if he plays. Again, we don't know. Head coach Kirby Smart is keeping that starting QB situation under wraps now that uh, uh, JT Daniels is back healthy again. And if he really is 100%, I mean, he's probably going to be the guy. He's the, or what is supposed to be, the National championship level NFL starting quarterback who takes the number one team up a few notches, but let's not forget it. He also hasn't played in a month. Uh, looking at this game from the updated pace report points to an under pace report being we take a look at offensive plays per game, offensive plays per minute, yards per play, success rate, and of course, explosive play rate on both offense and defense. And it looks good for both teams here. Uh, Plays per minute, Georgia way down at number 117 in the country. They're only getting off two plays per minute. Uh, Also ranked number 24 in overall plays per game. They're not an explosive offense, as we mentioned, uh, easier. Uh, They're also outside the top 100 in explosive plays uh, scored on offense in this particular game. With that said, we're at 51.5 and and counting right now. The line might still go up, so we can... Hold off a day or two. Either way, we will be going under. Again, uh, our predicted margin somewhere around 27 to 17 with Florida and Georgia playing each other down in Jacksonville this Saturday. Victor, under the total in the Georgia-Florida football game, keep an eye on that total to see where it goes. As he says, it'll probably be a quite windy day when these two football teams kick the football off at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Both of these football teams are each one of those five football teams that I outlined at the beginning of the show that have been perfect in the stats thus far this football season. Only three others other than Florida and Georgia can make that claim this year. 
inside the series. Florida has pretty much dominated the Georgia Bulldogs, winning 17 in the last 25 games in the scoreboard, going 15-9-1 against the spread when Georgia comes in off a win of 20 or fewer points, including 5-1-1 to the spread when Florida dresses up as the dog. Dan Mullen, the head coach, has been really good in his career. When he comes playing off of a week of rest and off of a loss, he's 6-1 against the spread in this particular role. He's also 9-5-1 to the spread as a dog of more than six points against undefeated football opponents, including 7-1-1 his last nine games doing just that. Florida beat Georgia pretty soundly last year, 44-28, winning that game straight up as a three-point underdog. And in come the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one ranked team in the nation this year because largely of a smothering defense that ranks number one overall in total defense, allowing just 209 yards a game, and number one overall in points, allowed just seven points per football game. One of the best defenses we've seen in college football in a long, long while belongs to the Georgia Bulldogs in this game. Because of their success, their new number one ranking, the Georgia Bulldogs are currently listed as a 10 to 11 odds on favorite to win the national championship at the Superbook, at the Westgate Superbook, I should say, in Las Vegas. They've held five opponents to season low yardage marks this year, and they've held all seven of their opponents to either low or second low yards. I'm going to grab the points with the Florida Gators in this football game for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're probably not playing for a whole lot because of their two losses in the football season this year, other than the fact that they can lay claim or stake to the fact that they did indeed knock off the number one football team in the country in Georgia. And number two, I'm fading Georgia largely because of one of the angles that comes out of our well-oiled machine. It's one of the best angles I have in college football, and it applies in this football game. Namely, any team in college football that is and 7-0 or better and is playing off of a week of rest in his favorite away from home. That week of rest turns into rust. It breaks momentum for football teams. We've seen it so many times. We saw it with Coastal Carolina last week. They won the game but didn't win the money. We see it again here with the Georgia Bulldogs this particular week. With that, I'll take the points with Florida for my side in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And don't go away, guys. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week We've got a beauty inside the AFC North division. When the Cleveland Browns play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers, we'll do that game and hop out to Las Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Esco when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. And if football is your game, we're game on here on the Against the Spread Football podcast, tearing down our NFL and college football games of the week. Let's move over to the National Football League side of things this week. Over the AFC North Division, when the Cleveland Browns play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Dog Pound in Cleveland. Victor, a long-hated rivalry between these two football teams just an hour apart on the turnpike. How do you see the Browns and Steelers shaking out this Sunday? 
Cleveland's laying a field goal in this game. There's even a couple of three and a halfs out there, Mark. Uh, the over underline opened at 45. It's creeped down to 43. There's even a couple of 42 and a halfs out there. And, you know, before the show, we were talking about the Browns. And, you know, Mark mentioned to me that one of the power rankings companies that he really, really respects had Cleveland as high as the number two ranked team in the entire NFL. A little surprising given their overall record. I will say this, though. They are one of only four teams in the NFL who are ranked in the top 10 in both offense and defense on the season, those teams being Buffalo, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, and the Arizona Cardinals. Anyway, we got a number nine offense in Cleveland taking on a number 27 offense in Pittsburgh. Number two defense in the Browns taking on a number 13 offense in the Steelers. The Browns have been all over the place this year in regards to totals. Uh, four and three over-under on the season. Uh, they'll combine for 21 points one week against the Vikings, and the very next week they'll combine for 91 points against the Chargers. So when I say all over the place, we definitely mean it. a tough team to handicap in regards to over-unders. Uh, I talked to my brother earlier this morning. There is possible rain in the forecast for Cleveland this week. Again, like is the case usually this time of year, it could also be one of the heaviest uh, wind-impacted games of the Week 8 NFL schedule as well. For the Steelers, they do come in a very reliable under-team. under, under team. They're 1-5 over-under on the season. The average Steeler game has gone under by minus 2.7 points per game this year. And one thing we know about Pittsburgh, they are our favorites under-team when playing on the road in the NFL over the last eight years, Pittsburgh Steelers road games have gone 13-41-2. That's 13 overs, 41 unders, and two ties on the road for the Steelers. That includes 5-14 and 14 over-under as road underdogs of greater than a point. And again, that applies to the Steelers this particular week. And they've done nothing to change or deviate this season as both of their road games naturally have gone under the total. It's been a a uh, pretty low-scoring series as well. Uh, three of the last four meetings between these two have gone under with a low average of only 38.0 combined points per game. And in the last eight played there at Cleveland at the lakefront, uh, six out of the last eight have gone under as well with an average of only 38.4 points per game. Uh, we've got some database numbers that... Point to a fairly low-scoring game. Have we lost some of the value with the game creeping down to 42.5, 43? Yes, that's obviously true. And while this is not one of my favorite over-under plays of the week, it's either play the under or pass. And for me, the key to this game, at least from a totals perspective, could very well be Cleveland's huge rushing advantage in this game. They're ranked number one in the NFL. They're rushing for 5.3 yards per carry, and they have the number two rush defense in the NFL. They're allowing only 3.6 yards per carry. That's a huge, huge rushing advantage for the Browns. And I did run a query in the rushing portion of our database, and it points to an under, folks. Here you go. Game four or greater, division home favorites of two touchdowns or less. That's for the Browns who average five or more yards per rush on the season and allow 3.9 or less yards per rush on the season. These teams have gone four overs, 21 unders, one tie, 
And this takes us back 20 seasons, all the way back to 2001. So we got a nice sample size. It's pretty much about a flat 85% under percentage. And again, that's the way that we're going to go in this game. If we choose to wager on it, we perhaps have lost a point or two of value as the game opened at 45 points. So for me, it's either play the Steelers-Browns under or lay off the game. But Mark, what do you think about the side play as far as the game goes? Well, you mentioned earlier, Victor, I know you're talking about the unders in this game, and you almost alluded to the fact that uh, it's been pretty good for the dog, and it has. Uh, in fact, it's because of Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger who have made the most of their money in their career taking points in the National Football League, which they'll be doing just exactly that this particular week. They've been a terrific as a tandem coach and quarterback in this particular situation. They've also dominated Cleveland in the past, going 13-3-1, their past 17 football games, and they're coming in with a week of rest. All those factors check a lot of boxes for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the contest. The question is, do they match up talent-wise with the Cleveland Browns, who, as Victor alluded to, it was Pro Football Focus who released on Wednesday their overall rankings of teams in the National Football League, and they rate Cleveland the number two overall best team in the National Football League. And that's by a lot of uh, what they do with their uh, analytics uh, and their metrics. Uh, they break everything down from player by player, position by position, special teams, and so forth and whatnot of every team, every snap of every game. And they have Cleveland the number two team in the NFL for what it's worth, the Dallas Cowboys are the number one ranked overall team by pro football focused. The Browns come in here with the number nine overall ranked offense, gaining 393 yards a game. That's almost 70 yards better than the Pittsburgh offense, who checks in at number 27, just 324 yards a game. The Cleveland offense is built largely, obviously, on their running game, number one in rushing, 170 yards a game. Number two in the rushing defense at 80 yards a game. That's a lethal combination when you rank 1-2 in the National Football League in running the ball and stopping the run. That's the old Bill Parcells theory of winning Super Bowls doing just that, and the Cleveland Browns are doing just that thus far this football season. The good news for the Cleveland Browns is, number one, this is the third of three consecutive home games in a row. Teams who are doing just that coming off one when exact are terrific in division football games, the role the Cleveland Browns will find themselves in at the dog pound when they host Pittsburgh on Sunday. I also am going to get to Cleveland for another reason here, that Nick Chubb, their star running back, is back this week, as is Jack Conklin, their starting offensive tackle, looks to be back this week. And as we do this podcast on Wednesday, word had it that Baker Mayfield was taking snaps with the number one offense as well. So we're likely to see a handful of players back for the Cleveland Browns that have been missing in the past, uh, which would really fortify the attack for the football team this particular week. I like the the Cleveland Browns' makeup of this football team. I think their strength is their running game and their rush defense, and I think it all comes together to stop the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll lay the points with Cleveland for my side in this football game this week. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco, who joins us weekly on the show here find out exactly what's going on in Vegas. I'm going to welcome Andy. He publishes the Logical Approach Football Newsletter, one of the finest newsletters in the country. And before I hand it over to Andy here, I want to say this, that this week's newsletter, Andy takes a unique slant at deciphering the home field advantage of National Football League teams. And with that topic, Andy, uh, as I bring you in here, I noticed that uh, 
there was uh, it was 2019 that the home field advantage was a negative number. Have you seen that ever before in the past where home field advantage is a negative number in the National Football League? Well, you know, Mark, home field advantage, it's always difficult to quantify what home field advantage is. It depends uh, how you define it. Uh, one of the things that I use in my handicapping, I actually define home field advantage by looking at how well a team plays at home versus the same opponent uh, as they play on the road, which normally means just your three divisional opponents going back to 20, uh, 2002, rather, when they uh, when they realigned the divisions. So that only represents three games a year that you play against the same team at home and on the road, uh, which makes it a little bit hard to feel comfortable about unless you see some certain patterns emerging. But for the purposes of uh, the study that I've done the last few years and in the, uh, the newsletter, what I've determined is what is the average margin at home in uh, f- overall for teams playing games at home versus teams uh, on the road. Uh, and and I, I ignore neutral site games where both teams are um, uh, are basically road teams, so there's no home team to compare it to. And then I can f- compare it to the average line that that home team is laying. So, for example, I, I've, my study goes back to, all the way to 1982 up through uh, 2020, uh, over 9,200 games involved. The average margin by which home teams defeated road teams is 2.53 points. They actually won 57.5% of the game straight up. The average margin was only 2.53. However, over these uh, 30, I guess it's uh, 39 years, the average line was minus 2.42. So the final margin indicates that they covered the result versus the line 0.11, which is very, very small over the uh, 39 years. Now, of course, if we go break back down later to your question, in 2019, we actually saw a negative home field advantage to the extent of straight up, meaning that the average uh, home teams were actually 130 wins, 120 losses, one game ended in a tie. In those 251 games, however, the home team was average was outscored by an average of zero. points per game. So basically neutral. That's another measure that you could use as far as playing playing on the uh, home field. However, at the same time, and this is important to note also, the average line, they were laying minus minus 1.74 points per game. So they were asked to cover a line line of 1.74. They not only failed to cover that line, they actually uh, lost to it by a 0.05. So that's where 1.79 actually comes from as far as what the negative of home field advantage was. It was the same thing in 2020, just under a minus one point, uh, the difference between the margin and the line. And this year, it's slightly over uh, one point uh, difference. Uh, Home teams actually this year have a losing record straight up, 50 and 54. There were three uh, neutral site games, two in London and the opening week game between Jacksonville, uh, in Jacksonville rather, between New Orleans and uh, Green Bay. And the average line in the 107 games, uh, actually the 104 games that uh, uh, that that are included in the study. There's a little typo there. It should have been 104. It's 107 overall. The average margin, the home teams, despite four games below f- uh, 500, they're actually winning these games by uh, 0.86 points per game, but they're being asked to lay nearly 2.0 points per game. So again, they're coming up short to the line by minus one point, and that's something that we've seen 
uh, the study, as, as you may have seen, Mark, I broke it down since twenty, uh, since two thousand two, into uh, basically five segments of uh, uh, four seasons each for the nineteen seasons, and uh, we can see uh, that the average margin and the average line uh, was pretty steady uh, up and through up through about uh, two thousand seventeen, and then eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and now twenty one. Uh, well, actually, tw- twenty eighteen was uh, was also relatively consistent, but nineteen, twenty, and twenty one are the years that we've seen a decline in the home field advantage. And as I remarked sort of at the beginning of the commentary, the thought was at the beginning of 2020 due to the COVID that there would be no home field advantage or that it would be very limited. The fact is that it was true. However, you've also got to take into consideration that this lack of a home field advantage began in 2019 and now has extended into 2021. So if people are trying to say, oh, it was the COVID last year, well, it may have had some impact, but there was no COVID in 2019. And uh, so far in 2021, thank goodness, uh, there's not been any COVID-related issues with the site changes. That I think the site change for Jacksonville for that Green Bay-New Orleans game was due to uh, the, the New Orleans area hurricane. Andy Isco with a review of the National Football League home field advantage. You can check it out in his weekly newsletter, TheLogicalApproach.com. If you're in Vegas, you can get a copy at the Gamblers Book Club, or if you want to order a subscription, simply log on at TheLogicalApproach.com to pick up your subscription through the Super Bowl from Andy Isco in Las Vegas. And with that, Andy, let's check in and see what's going on in Las Vegas with these super contests here. We'll start off, first of all, as you always do, at the Westgate Superbook, how have things shaken out thus far as we head into the month of November uh, starting this weekend? Well, after a very slow start to the season, and of course I report weekly on what the consensus plays have done, basically the top five selections in these contests, which is representative of the five selections that each contestant may submit. It started off very slowly, but it's been on a nice little run lately. There were 1,972 entries in the Super Contest Classic, five picks a week against the static point spread. Now, not every week do all 1,972 contestants submit selections, though the overwhelming majority of them do. I think it's like 98 or 99 percent, which seems a little interesting because there are now many contests that extend throughout the season, not just the final three weeks of the season, which was the standard for many, many years, years until about two, three years ago. Uh, this past weekend, the consensus went five and one, uh, excuse me, four and one. The Colts were the top selection. They covered in their win at San Francisco as an underdog. The Titans, second most popular selection, covered in a straight-up win at home against Kansas City. The Bengals, also as an underdog, pulled a nice upset this past week in Baltimore. They were the third most popular selection. The lone loser was the fourth most popular selection, another underdog, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who uh, lost outright here in Las Vegas to the Raiders. And the fifth selection was the only favorite amongst the top five, and they won handily, the New England Patriots. So four and one for the week. That brings the Super Contest Classic consensus to 19-15 and one. That's 55.7% for the season. So this year, at least through the first seven weeks, despite the uh, struggling start, the uh, consensus plays are making money for those who follow and play those top five. The Super Contest Gold, which is a $5,000 entry fee winner take all. There are 87 contestants this year competing for a single prize of $435,000. Same format, five selections a week. And the selections in the Super Contest Gold this past week were very similar to those in the Super Contest Classic.
Classic. And in fact, uh, the Super Contest Gold also uh, went 4-1. and one. The top selection there, the Titans, was a winner. Second selection, the Colts. That was a winner. Uh, the Eagles actually tied with the Colts for the second most popular selection. That was the lone loser. Uh, the Bengals, uh, they were a, a winner as the fourth most popular selection. And the one difference, whereas the Patriots were the fifth most popular selection in the Classic, and they won and covered, the Dolphins were the fifth most popular selection in the uh, Super Contest Gold. And despite that late field goal, that resulted the Dolphins were getting two and a half, so that's a winner, meaning four and one for the Super Contest Gold uh, consensus. They also were 19, 15, and one coming into the week, so uh, uh, 15, 14, and one coming into the week, so they are also 19, 15, and I believe it's two coming into the week. There was one week where there were two uh, contestants, the two uh, teams tied for the fifth most popular uh, selection. That's, that adds up to uh, uh, 36 rather than 35, so it's not 57 point, 55.7%. It's a little bit off that. Uh, as far as the standings go, the leader in the Super Contest Classic has a record of 26-8 and 1 against the spread. That's 26.5 out of a possible 35 points. That's 75.7%, a very impressive percentage to be leading the contest uh, nearly halfway through the season and certainly more than a third of the way through the season. Uh, that is good enough for a, a half-point lead over three contestants in second. There are two contestants half-point further back, 14 more uh, that are at 25, so they would be uh, a point and a half out of the lead. Overall, 141 contestants are at 22 and a half points uh, or, uh, or, or more. That's 64.3%, 7.7% of the field hitting over 64%. And if you uh, dive down a little deeper at uh, using that uh, traditional 60% mark, which was a good measure for success and many years would have gotten you into the money when the uh, contestants uh, uh, were, were more in the uh, three to 500 uh, range. 331 are currently at 60% of the, of the uh, 60% or better. That is just under 17% of the overall field. In the Super Contest Gold, the leader has a record of 24, 10, and one. That's one contestant with 24 and a half of a possible 35 points. That works out to exactly 70.0%. Good enough for a half-point lead over one contestant. Another contestant in third is a half-point further back, followed by another contestant a half-point further behind that, and another contestant's a half-point be- behind that. So uh, there are a total of five contestants, each within two point, or all within two points of the lead. Overall, there are 12 contestants at 21 points or more, which is that 60% uh, margin, or 60% winning percentage, rather, that represents just under 14% of the 87 contestant field. But of course, keep in mind, only one winner will collect in the uh, in, in the uh, Super Contest Gold. I believe they're back to 30 places in the Super Contest Classic. After being at 100 places for the last few years, the uh, decrease in the size of the field last year caused them to decrease in the number of uh, contestants who would be paid this year. I would imagine, considering they got back up to nearly 2,000, we'll probably see uh, 50 the uh, 50 paying places at least uh, next year. Turning to the uh, new kid on the block, that's the Circa and Circa Million and the Circa Survivor. The Circa Million is uh, formatted along the lines of the Super Contest, five picks a week against a static point spread, also charting the consensus results at the uh, Circa Million. And here, 
The field is 4,087 entrants who ponied up $1,000 each, guaranteed uh, uh, six, uh, $4 million, uh, $3 million first place private. I believe the million dollars is allocated to the four quarters. So there was no overlay, unlike in the Survivor, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, the consensus has had an outstanding season. Coming into this past week, the consensus was 19 and 11. It went 4 and 1 this week, so that's 23 and 12 for the season. That's nearly 67%. That's 65.7% to be precise, 23 and 12. The 4 and 1 week was fashioned with a winner on the most popular selection, the Indianapolis Colts. That was a point spread winner. Second most popular choice, the Cincinnati Bengals, was a winner. The lone loser, the number three selection, the Philly Eagles. That uh, was the th- uh, third choice of the lone loss. Number four, the New England Patriots with their big win over the Jets. And number five, the Tennessee Titans with their home upset win over the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. In the circa million of the 4,087 entrants, there's one leader at 29 and 6. That's 29 out of a possible uh, 35 points. Uh, that's good enough for a... Uh, uh, a one-and-a-half point lead over two contestants, eight more at 27, three more at 26-and-a-half. Overall, 164 contestants are at 24 or more points. That's 68.6%, or just over 4% of the entire field, hitting better than two out of three. 989 of the 4,087 are hitting 60% or more. That's nearly a quarter of the field, 24 and uh, 24% of the field hitting at 60% or better. That's extremely impressive, largely responsible and reflected in the results of the consensus. The second quarter, uh, the uh, four-week, I think, believe quarter two is a, uh, a five-week contest. I believe it's weeks five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Uh, unlike uh, the first four weeks and the third four weeks, and the fourth four, fourth quarter will also be five weeks. Uh, the leader is 14-1. and one. That's good enough for a half-point lead over two contestants with six more contestants at 13 uh, 13 points for the second quarter contest. And now the, the big contest that attracted a lot of uh, interest this year, a $6 million guaranteed giveaway to one winner of the last man standing, or there could be multiple winners as there were last year. $6 million guaranteed to the winner or winners to be split. 4,080 contestants entered for a $1,000 entry fee. They needed 6000 to break even, so we have Basically, a $2 million overlay for the slightly under 4,100 contestants who are in this contest. Uh, heading into last week, the field still a little bit more than half alive. 2,224 contestants were alive going into week seven. The most popular selections, actually the top five selections, led by the Patriots, 656, followed by the Cardinals, Rams, Packers, and Buccaneers, All were straight-up winners in that contest. The number six selection, however, the Baltimore Ravens eliminated 66 contestants. 14 more were eliminated with the loss by the Carolina Panthers at the uh, New York Giants. And then a handful... Denver, uh, two contestants lost with the Broncos, two more lost with the Chiefs, one lost with the Dolphins, and two surprisingly, again, no selection turned in. So a total of uh, 93 were eliminated last week. So 2,131 contestants remain alive in the Survivor Contest. So that's slightly more than half the field still remaining, not quite yet at the halfway point of the season. Updated the major contests and how they're shaking out from Las Vegas with his annual or weekly report, I should say, this week. And I can only figure, Andy, that the two people that did not submit selections in the Survivor Contest 
Maybe victims of COVID. We don't know what the situation is. It seems rather queer you know, or odd. It, it could you know? easily be that, or it could very well be that they may have thought, for whatever reason, that they had previously been eliminated. Yep. Not quite what sure. It? I think I w- if I put up $1,000, and I did, I would follow very closely uh, how I was doing each week. They do keep track of you of which teams you've already selected, and you can only pick a team one. So when you go in, uh, whether it be on the kiosk or live or uh, on the app, the teams that you can't select are shaded out. And actually, uh, on the Circa website, you can actually see, I think they have a grid of all the contestants, and or, or it, I don't remember if it's a grid of every contestant i think it might be but it does show how many contestants can no longer pick the colts the chargers the bills whomever well interesting the survivor contest has drawn a lot of excitement uh and entries uh in the circuit contest thus far this football season and andy if you would do the honors for us if you would share the look ahead lines that you see that were posted at the super book con- or, uh, westgate Superbook for the nfl games for next week Okay, that would be week number nine, uh, beginning with the game on Thursday, November 4th. That's a week from uh, this Thursday. Uh, Nice matchup with the uh, New York Jets at the Indianapolis Colts. When I say nice, I'm sort of kiddingly a little bit. The Colts favored by 14 with a total of 44. Turning to Sunday, November 7th, Houston will be at Miami. The Dolphins, seven-point home favorites, a total of 45.5. Then Denver is at Dallas. Cowboys, seven and a half point home favorites with a total of 49. Minnesota at Baltimore. Ravens favored by six with a total of 49 and a half. New England, a two and a half point road favorite at Carolina with a total of 43 and a half. Buffalo, a ten and a half point road favorite at Jacksonville with a total of 49 and a half. Uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati, the uh, AFC North leading Bengals favored by three with a total of 45. The Las Vegas Raiders favored by two and a half at the New York Giants with a total of 47 and a half. Atlanta will be at the New Orleans Saints. Saints at home favored by five and a half with a total of 45 and a half. The Los Angeles Chargers back east to face the Philadelphia Eagles. Chargers Three-point road favorites with a total of 50. A rematch of Super Bowl One. Kansas City will be hosting the Green Bay Packers. The Chiefs favored by 2.5 with a total of 53.5. The Arizona Cardinals, unbeaten as of uh, this weekend. We'll see what happens when they play this Thursday night against the uh, Green Bay Packers. The uh, Packers are... San Francisco in a rematch of a game played a few weeks ago. Cardinals on the road favored by three with a total of 47. The Rams, four-point home favorites in the Sunday night game against the Tennessee Titans. Rams four and 52. Monday night, Chicago Bears at the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Monday, November 8th. The Steelers favored at home by five with a total of 40 and a half. Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas for the Vegas Vibe and the look-ahead lines from the Westgate Superbook for the next NFL's football games next week. And Andy, once again, before I let you go, you've been on a nice winning run with your plays this week, or this year, I should say, 5-1 and one the last six weeks with your complimentary call. What would you have on tap for our listeners this week? Well, I'm going to uh, a uh, matchup in the AFC, and 
uh, intra-conference matchup, non-divisional matchup. New England is uh, at the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers looking to get back uh, into uh, into good shape following their loss at Baltimore, their 34-6 loss at Baltimore uh, two weeks ago, which snapped a nice three-game uh, winning and covering streak uh, that had wins over uh, three potential uh, playoff teams, Kansas City, uh, Las Vegas, and uh, and Cleveland. In fact, they opened the season uh, with a nice road win at uh, Washington. And in week two, the Chargers uh, lost at home to well, arguably the hottest team in football right now, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, a loss that may not have been as impressive at the time uh, with Dallas playing that great game the previous Thursday night against, uh, uh, against Tampa Bay losing at the at the buzzer on a Tampa field goal. But considering what Dallas has done since, uh, that's not a bad loss at all considering how well Dallas has played. They're going up against the uh, New England Patriots and Chargers favored by five and a half. And I'm going to be on the uh, Chargers. I think the week of rest has had has given them the ability to refocus. I'm drawing a line through, as they say in horse racing terms in the daily racing form. I'm going to draw a line through that loss at uh, Baltimore. Uh, the, as I mentioned, they were off of three tough games in a row. Actually four when you throw the the Dallas game in there, but Kansas City, Vegas, and Cleveland, three tough wins, including that come-from-behind wild win against the uh, Browns a week earlier. Uh, teams are going to have bad weeks like that. Just look at Green Bay in week one in their uh, Jacksonville loss to uh, New Orleans, and uh, they've, they've won everything since then. Not always pretty, but they had a bad loss, and they've overcome it. I expect uh, the Chargers to, uh, uh, to the same. You look at the Patriots, and of course, they're coming off with a great deal of confidence uh, versus uh, the Jets with that 54-13 win. It was their second win of the season against the Jets, and in putting the overall performance of New England in perspective, in those two wins, the Patriots were plus 60 in points. 79-19, to 19, they, outscored, uh, they outscored the Jets. But in the other games in which they went 1-4, the Patriots were outscored by 21 points. So for the season, you look at uh, New England's point differential in the standings, and you'll see plus 39. But you look closely, and you'll see, yeah, plus 60 was in those two games, uh, came in those two games against the uh, Jets. Uh, after two decades of being an elite Class A team, uh, I use an ABC uh, system for classifying teams. At best, the the Patriots now are a Class B team today. Might even be lower than that. I think you'd have to say the improved Chargers clearly are at worst a top Class B team, borderline lower tier Class A team. So against other than New England, uh, the the Patriots opponents this year are 15 and 23 against the rest of the NFL. You apply that same metric to the Chargers, uh, their losses or the teams that uh, beat uh, that that. The Chargers have played, excuse me, 22 and 13 the rest against the rest of the NFL. So the Chargers have played some high-quality opposition as opposed to the teams that the uh, uh, Patriots have played. So I'm going to look for the Chargers to uh, get the win by uh, – I've got it uh, – about uh, 10 to 14 points in this game. I think their defense will shut down what's been a very modest New England uh, uh, New England offense. And uh, as a result, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, L.A. Chargers minus the five and a half this week at home against New England. Andy Isco on the L.A. Chargers to bounce back off that loss, taking advantage of the week of rest this week for his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, once again, a great job as always. We look forward to visiting with you each week to get the Vegas vibe in Las Vegas. Once again, I encourage your listeners to log on at thelogicalapproach.com and get yourself lined up with Andy's terrific newsletter at thelogicalapproach.com. Best of luck this week, Andy, as always, and I look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. 
I'll look forward to it as well, Mark. Best uh, wishes and uh, for success this weekend to you, Victor, and all of our uh, loyal and uh, very well-informed uh, listeners. Thank you so much. That was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas with the Vegas vibe. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, along with my complimentary playing Victor's as well, when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in Games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, it's time for our awesome angle of the week on the football card this week. It's a college football beauty, and it happens to tie into our college football game of the week. We call our awesome angle, Pardon the Interruption. And what we look to do is to play against any college football 7-0 and or greater conference favorite away from home during the regular season if they're coming off a week of rest. This is the parameter I laid out in the Georgia-Florida cocktail party football game. And by doing just that, by playing against these rested 7-0 or greater conference favorites away from home, we are 30-11 and 11 against the spread since 1997. That's a 73% winning angle. We'll fade the Georgia Bulldogs for our pardon the interruption awesome angle on the show this week. And with that, let me hand it over to Victor King from King Creel Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this week. And Victor, if you would, if you'd share with our listeners out there your complimentary play as well. Okay, can do, Mark. Uh, a big one in college football, our four-star over of the week. That's going to highlight the Saturday card. And then a uh, even bigger one in the NFL, our five-star NFL game of the month is a game going over the total. It's already up for sale at the website i advise you to get in and check it out as soon as possible as the line in the game is already going up and again both selections available at playbooksports.com for our big over over weekend in college football and in the nfl and for our free play we are going to grab one of our selections out of the totals tip sheet newsletter in this case the monday night game and we are going to be going under the total with the Chiefs hosting the Giants with a generous line of about 52.5 points in this particular game. It's in, uh, pretty much an ideal time to go low with the Chiefs currently in their little offensive funk. Not to mention they're taking on one of our favorite under teams in the New York Giants. And at last look, KC in this game was favored by a solid 10 points with an over-under line of, uh, again, 52.5. And that's the very first query that I ran out of the database. We want to take a look at double-digit favorites on Monday night. And, in fact, they have gone 5-23-1 over-under 
when the line is 54 or less points. That's double-digit non-division home faves like the Chiefs are. So we're going to play into that 5-23 and 23 over under angle. And, of course, in last week's uh, loss to the Titans, the OU line in that Chiefs-Titans game was the highest of the season, anywhere from 58.5 to 59 points in that particular game that ended up going under by 28.5, I might add. But it plays into another nice system that's gone 14-35 and 35 over under. That's 70% under. NFL teams off and under in a game in which the OU line was 56 or more points. And again, that applies to the Chiefs this particular week. And this will be the first of two straight non-conference games in a row for the Giants. They play the Raiders next week as well. NFC road teams in the first of back-to-back non-conference games have gone 0-6 over-under in the last three years when the over-under line is on the high side of 48 or greater points. Uh, We've got uh, the Chiefs off an ATS loss of 28 or more points. The Giants are off an ATS win of 25 points in that win against Carolina last week. It plays into a nice 0-8 out of the database. NFL favorites off an ATS loss of 21 or more versus an opponent off an ATS win of 21 or more. That applies to the Chiefs and the Giants. Uh, We'll be going low, obviously, in two ideal situations for the Chiefs. As an example, when the Chiefs are favored by more than eight points, they've gone 2-16 over under in the last 10 years when the line is 53 or less points, not to mention Casey's last four Monday night games have all gone under the total average margin, minus 9.1 points per game. So it's going to be Chiefs-Giants under the total to wrap up the week in the Monday Nighter. And don't forget, at playbooksports.com, we've already got a four-star over in college football and our five-star NFL game of the month, which is going over the total. And I think, Mark, uh, you got a big one in college football this week. Is that right? I do, Victor. I've got our big five-star college football game of the month. We're documented 78 and 34 on this play going all the way back to 1990. Our September college football five-star game of the month play was Notre Dame taking six and a half against Wisconsin when the Irish beat the Badgers 41 to 13. It's all part of another $99 weekend of winners, including every college football, NFL, Major League Baseball, World Series, and any NBA plays I do from this Saturday through Monday. Log on at playbooksports.com or give your office a call toll-free. The number is 800-321-7777 to get on board for that big five-star college football game of the month weekend of winners. Before I get to my complimentary call, just a quick note here that our friends over at MyBookie are offering our listeners a double first deposit. Make your first deposit at mybookie.ag and they'll double your first deposit as an added bonus by using the code PLAYBOOK. The promo code PLAYBOOK gets you a double your first deposit at mybookie.ag. Check it out this weekend just in time for the football games. With that, my complimentary play on the football card this week comes directly from our PLAYBOOK football newsletter. It's our upset special in the newsletter. We're going to go to the Miami, Florida Hurricanes and grab up the points against the Pitt Panthers this weekend. Miami catches Pittsburgh off their big win over Clemson last week. And our database notes that teams who beat Dabo Swinney's Clemson Tigers are just 9-15 and 15 to the spread as favorites, including 0-6 to the spread when they take on a 400 or better opponent. 
You've got the Miami Florida Hurricanes dominating the series, winning 21 of the last 24 games straight up on the scoreboard, taking points in this letdown role for the Pitt Panthers here. Pittsburgh just 1-5 to the spread as a conference favorite of more than eight points. We'll take the double digits with Miami of Florida for our college football play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I'm going to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>